Expand and impact. Internal transformation for external impact. Achieve your goals without sacrificing yourself. I'm Violetta Znarkowski, but you can call me Violet. Welcome back to a special episode of the Expand and Impact podcast, a space where we discuss how you can create a successful life that is an authentic expression of you, and where we also explore the intersection between personal development and gender equality. Okay, so this episode is going to be a bit off the beaten track. It's actually a request that I got from many of my followers on Instagram. And that request was to share the talk that I was invited to speak on stage some time ago. I think it was last year at this woman's event. It was such a privilege to speak to a room full of ambitious women, female leaders, and visionaries. I spoke about how self-connection impacts how you show up in your business, in your career, for your ideas, and for your dreams, and essentially what you believe is possible for you. I also shared evidence-based ideas about what disconnects us from ourselves and what we can do to come back home to wholeness. Because in essence, when you are connected to self, you move through the world differently, you show up differently, you live in a way that feels true to you. Connection, calm, confidence, clarity, creativity, curiosity, playfulness, love, abundance, more joy, more pleasure. These things are accessible to you whenever you want them, wherever you are. So sit back, relax, and simply be prepared to receive. I'm 19 years old and packing my backpack with food, a sleeping bag, a tent, and all the supplies you need to go off the grid for five days. I was dressed in baggy pants, a loose t-shirt, sturdy boots, and this, my cheetah print bandana. This expedition was the start of my 10 years working in the outdoor education and guiding industry. That would be the place where I lost and found myself simultaneously. You see, I was always a feminine tomboy. I loved to dance with short skirts, and I also loved to climb up and snowboard down mountains. This was me, who I was and who I am. This trip was the beginning of my adult life, where I quickly came to learn that I couldn't be both feminine and a serious leader. So over the next 10 years, I chose to become the type of leader that I was expected to be in order to be taken seriously and excel in my career. So I chose to comply. I wore loose pants because anything tighter was considered inappropriate. I covered my shoulders to fit in culturally in the countries I worked in and the organizations I worked for. I wore makeup when it was appropriate and took my makeup off also when appropriate. 
I walked with my chin up and my shoulders back in order to take up more space with my smaller frame and used a strong and stern voice so that I would be heard. The illusion of confidence. All of this led to my managing and educating teams and guiding groups through foreign countries and risky outdoor expeditions. I was really good at my job. It was my dream job. And yet, it never felt easy. There was always a mountain to climb. And I mean this both literally and figuratively. I never fully felt like I was allowed to be myself at work. I never felt like my skills and abilities spoke for themselves. I always had to prove myself in order to achieve the goals I set out for myself within my career. Over these 10 years, I started to notice anger bubbling up. I was feeling disconnected, distracted, anxious, stressed, burnt out, stuck, uncertain, languishing. I felt like I was losing my confidence, which always came so naturally to me. Eventually, all of these feelings and my experience of working in this way made me sick. I was living and working in Hong Kong when my system decided to shake me awake violently. What I noticed was a lot of pain in my stomach physical pain from all the stress. My system was signaling to me that I was not supposed to be living this way and that I was supposed to feel at home in my skin and within myself. As you all know, life happens. Disappointment happens. Conflicts happen. And sometimes we live through experiences we wished we didn't that change us on a fundamental level. We hold on to these experiences and create stories about what they mean about us, about others, about the world, about the workings of life. Why? Why do we do this? Because we're not taught how to let them go. We're not taught how to not identify with them. What we are taught, though, is that persevering through adversity makes you resilient. But resilience that stems from force and a place of survival is not resilience at all. It is self-preservation. How does making decisions look like from a place of disconnection? How does leadership look like from a place of uncertainty and insecurity? How does growing yourself, your career, your business look from a place of stress, distraction, and burnout? There is a difference between forcing and flowing. And I was forcing my way up the career ladder. I was forcing my way to accomplish my goals. I was forcing my way to success. The way I knew it, the way I was taught it. I think many of you in this room will be able to relate to the idea of jumping headfirst into resistance. I know there are a lot of high achievers in this room, 
Otherwise, you wouldn't have your own business. I know many of you like a challenge, especially when someone says you can't do something. You will not only do it, but you will do it with excellence. Often, though, unfortunately, if we do not reevaluate our intentions and reflect on them often, the speed and the way we move towards our ambitions has a way of disconnecting us from ourself. We have lived through a collective trauma in the last two years. And now more than ever, we are seeing that resilience in the face of adversity is less about the doing and more about the being. Who are you when you get to the other side of a challenge? How do you feel? Are you able to experience life without it having to mean something about you? your path, your character, your worth? Are you able to persevere without losing yourself in the process, without hiding yourself? Self-connection doesn't just happen. And I'll share two main reasons why. Reason number one, self-connection doesn't just happen because we are not taught how to connect to ourselves, what that could look like, and what that feels like. Not only are there limitations in society, we live in a conformist culture, but also our biology is designed to protect us from threats and unsafety. And so, unless we had someone in our lives when we were little to help us process our thoughts, our emotions, and life experiences, we process them ourselves without having the skills or the tools to do so. Our brain loves to make sense of what it sees and create stories, even if these stories aren't true, because we find a sense of comfort in knowing why things may happen. I want you to visualize how this may look like. Picture a face a vibrant face with a vibrant outlook and openness to life. You see their vision propelling forward, expanded. And then something happens. A hurt, a betrayal, a disappointment. And someone puts a roadblock in front of that vision. So now it's not 100% clear, but it's maybe at like 95%. You keep moving through life, and then something else happens. A hurt, a disappointment, betrayal. And suddenly another speck of dust comes into your vision. Into your field of vision. And this pattern repeats over and over again over time, adding more specks of dust and roadblocks in front of our vision that once was completely pure, clear, and open. So where before you saw possibility, where you felt expansion, now you see small bits of contraction, skepticism, self-doubt. You don't believe things as easily as you used to. 
Now that was the first reason, things that hinder our sight. And here's the second reason. I mentioned that our biology is designed to keep us safe. Well, it does this whether or not there is a real threat to protect us from. And so, any discomfort we feel and experience, our brain interprets it as a threat and tries to stop the discomfort and keep us comfortable. Specifically here, I want to talk about the discomfort of certain emotions, like fear, anxiety, shame, guilt, sadness, helplessness, anger, embarrassment, disappointment, vulnerability. So how does our system protect us from these uncomfortable emotions? By keeping us distracted. Maybe through TV, alcohol, sex, work, and even a physical response where you may notice your body clenching and contracting, like my body was signaling to me in Hong Kong. Physical illness, the clenching knot in my stomach that I couldn't release, was protecting me in some way from feeling the depth of the emotions that I was experiencing, the ones that I just named. It was also communicating with me that I was ignoring something I really needed to look at. I was bypassing the impact my environment, my work, and my lifestyle was having on me. And since I wasn't listening to the more subtle signals it had been sending for years, it went to the extreme so I couldn't ignore it anymore. I had no choice but to pay attention. Fun fact for you. Emotions only last between 60 to 90 seconds in the physical body. Let me say that again. The chemical reaction of emotions only lasts between 60 to 90 seconds within the physical body. From the moment an emotion is triggered off in the brain and releases chemicals that we feel moving through us, that whole process only lasts between 60 to 90 seconds. But our brain doesn't know that. All it knows is that it's uncomfortable. And so our brain and our nervous system try to protect us and block the feelings, which moves us further and further away from our true selves. So then, what does connection to self look like? Well, you feel connected to yourself, to others, to your work, and to life. Also, you may be more curious, more courageous, more confident, creative, compassionate, calm, and feel a sense of clarity. In a world that tells you what to do, who to be, how to be, and what to feel, it's a practice to come back home to yourself over and over again, especially when those uncomfortable feelings and situations arise. The journey to connect with the self takes one, practice, two, repetition, three, patience, four, a lot of self-compassion. It also requires slowing down so we can hear the guidance that we're receiving. Do you remember that I mentioned I carried a cheetah bandana with me throughout my decade working in the outdoor industry? I never knew why I was so attached to this bandana all 
my years in the outdoor leadership space. All I knew is that it had to be with me, that I had to have it on my person. I wore it either in my hair or tied to my backpack so often that everyone started to know me by this bandana. It wasn't until I was a part of a team building exercise with my former organization in Hong Kong that I learned what this bandana symbolized for me. I will never forget this moment. It was me and my adult team of leaders. It was a leadership training that I was co-running, and one of my colleagues asked everyone to bring something of sentimental value to the next activity we were doing. Not only did I not have many possessions with me at this point in my life, that's what happens when your job takes you all over the world for work. You have to learn to take with you only the most essential belongings because no one was going to carry your bags for you to and from the airport or wherever you were going. You would have to carry everything yourself. So when we were asked to bring the sentimental item, I realized that I didn't have many things that were sentimental to me except this bandana that has traveled with me since I was 18 years old. And if you saw it, it has holes everywhere and actually can't really be used as a proper functioning bandana because I've had it for so long that it's not in any type of condition except it's good enough to really tie on the outside of your backpack and maybe use it to wipe things up with. This bandana has actually traveled with me since I was 18 years old. It was interesting that this was one of my only sentimental belongings with the exception of some photos and birthday cards and things like that. I took, my, I took my bandana to the activity that my colleague was facilitating. And he asked us to explain what this item we chose meant to us. And it wasn't until he asked that question that I uncovered what it meant to me. My answer was this. The bandana was my connection to my femininity. It made me feel powerful, connected, and even sexy. But most of all, it made me feel connected to myself, to the parts of myself that I put on the sideline all those years ago. Even when I was sweaty, muddy, and haven't showered in days, my cheetah print bandana, this cheetah print bandana, reminded me of who I was. It reminded me that I didn't have to choose and that I could reconnect with the parts of myself that I left behind in order to meet the expectations and the demands of my job and now lifestyle. I don't know if it was a coincidence or fate or divine intervention or what, but not too long after this realization is when I started to become physically ill. And when I became sick from all the stress I was under, I chose to leave the organization about three weeks later. Although in my body, I knew I should have left months and months earlier. And so we get distracted with life and our experiences sometimes. But there is always that little voice inside or a bandana we need to carry around with us without thinking about why we need it that reminds us to come back home to ourselves, to come back into alignment with who we are and what we really want. Imagine what would be possible if you experience this flow and alignment more often. How would the decisions and choices you make change? 
what would you give yourself permission to do more of, to be more of, if it felt safe and comfortable for you to do so? The reason why journeying back to the self is, well, a journey is because we all have had experiences in our lives that have made a part of us feel unsafe to be ourselves. Every single one of us in this room, especially as women, especially as women leaders. And so it takes a lot of curiosity, gentleness, and intention to peel back the layers that we had had to hide one by one. Did you know that we are only the second generation of women who is allowed to open up a bank account without a husband's permission and get a credit card? Sit with that for a moment. Let that land. It didn't become legal until the 1970s, which was only 52 years ago. And so it's only in recent years that we as women have more rights to support our independence. That means that with our newfound freedom and equality, equality, I say this in quotes, we are only recently able to start being ourselves openly and accepted for it. And we are only recently allowed to dream openly and take action towards our dreams and goals openly and take up a little bit more space. And for a long time, we couldn't fully be ourselves if we wanted to have a career or a business of our own. These are the ideologies we were brought up around. These are the systems that we were born into. But we are now living in a unique time. We can be ourselves now. It's becoming safer and safer to be ourselves. Maybe we can't change all of the legal systems overnight that still don't give us full equality as women, but we can reconnect with our true selves and with that, reconnecting with what we really want out of our life and out of our careers and businesses. When it comes to business and career, a question I like to ask myself is, is this one. Where am I hiding and how am I keeping myself small? And what would be possible if I got out of my own way? So how do we do it? How do we strengthen our connection to self? How do we strengthen this connection so we can feel more connected, more confident, more curious, more courageous, calmer, clearer, more joyful, more present, more playful? Because when we are present in this way with ourselves, we move through the world differently. One way you can strengthen your connection to self is to practice being with what is. Practice being with uncomfortable feelings because beneath them and beneath the stories our brains make up is where your full power lives. Another thing you can do to strengthen your connection to self is to bring more joy and play into your life. Ask yourself this question. Where and when do I feel most like myself? Sit with it. Reflect on it. And then make a plan to bring more of those things into your life. This is how we move into our flow state. The state where we feel connected and are flourishing. 
the state that allows us to persevere and be resilient without losing ourselves in the process. And lastly, we are now going to do a practice together to connect with your authentic self. So I invite you to remain seated, remain standing in a comfortable position. And starting to become a little bit more aware of your breath and the way it travels in and out of your belly, in and out of your nose. You can keep your eyes open, you can close them down, whatever feels most comfortable and safe for you in this moment. And beginning to turn that attention inward and just noticing how the breath travels in the physical. Breathing in from the bottom of your belly, to and through your chest, and out your nose. Breathing from the bottom of your belly, to and through your chest, and out your nose. Allowing the breath to ground you more into the present moment, ground you more into yourself. And in your mind's eye, I invite you to visualize yourself standing in a meadow, standing in a beautiful field of flowers. Add detail to the surrounding and see yourself standing there. Notice the colors around you. Notice the smells. Look up at the sky and just simply notice what you see. And now, in your mind's eye, as you are holding this image, you're looking into the distance and you notice someone else sitting on a log. And as you start to move closer in their direction, to meet them, to see who they are, you notice that this person looks exactly like you. In fact, they are you. They're the version of yourself that's been unaffected by life, that's been untouched. This is your soul. Notice how it feels to be standing face to face with this part of you, the one that's been unaffected by life. Notice the quality in the eyes and in the smile. How is it to be standing in front of this version of yourself? And as you are standing face to face, you're going to ask this part of you a question. You're going to ask it, what do I need more of in my life right now? What is it that I need more of? And allow this version of yourself to answer. The answer may come up as a simple word or phrase, allowing it simply to emerge without trying to find it. Maybe it comes up as a color or an image. Just taking a moment to notice what comes up when you ask this version of yourself. What do I need most of, more of in my life right now? And with that, 
bowing your head and thanking this version of yourself for the answer. And taking one step closer, opening your arms and moving forward and embracing this part of you with a hug. And as you hug this version of yourself that's been unaffected by life, you merge bodies, you become one. And now notice how it feels to be one with this part of you. Noticing what's changed. Maybe nothing right now, that's okay too. And perhaps feeling into the clarity and the strength. Allowing yourself to feel that support, feel that revival. And knowing that you can come back here anytime and ask this version of yourself any questions that you may be looking for answers to. You can come back here also for strength and for an intentional pause out of your day. Now, with that being said, I invite you to slowly deepen your breath, starting to notice the sensations in your limbs, in your toes, and in your fingers, and holding that message in your awareness, welcoming yourself back into the room, back into the space. Thank you so much for staying with me and receiving this talk and these reflections. It's truly an honor to have you here with me tuning into this podcast, my passion project, the place where I am practicing to express my authentic self more and more, and using my own voice in a way that I was never allowed growing up and throughout my years working professionally as a female leader. Thank you so much for being here. As always, take what resonates and leave what doesn't. Cheers to your health, wealth, and happiness, and I will catch you in the next episode. Remember, expansive education plus inspired action equals an impactful life. Go ahead and follow me on Instagram at expandandimpact. impact.